mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like an eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsasser. Hey everyone, today's guest is Philip Folsom. He is an anthropologist, culture development expert, and president and CEO of Wolf Tribe. In addition, he is the co-founder of Valor, a PTS and resiliency program for warriors and first responders. Philip is known for his unique adventure programming and tribe workshop that focuses on the primary culture components of building healthy and high-performance teams. Philip Folsom's reputation in the team development world is legendary. His in-person events, seminars, and experience have dramatically improved the lives of over 500,000 people, teaching the importance of peace, power, and sacred purpose. Philip is a regular contributor at the USC Marshall School of Business and sits on the high-performance board of Red Bull. His work is regularly featured on television and podcasts around the world. Philip's current clients include Microsoft, Apple, Snapchat, SpaceX, and Riot Games. I mean, the list goes on and on. And with Philip, he is also one of the OGs in the men's movement, acknowledging the fact that the early movement for men was not done very well and kind of left a lot of guys out there hanging. We dive into that on this episode. So get ready to sit back and buckle up because Philip's got a ton of knowledge he's just dropping on us from an anthropological standpoint to history lessons to all kinds of stuff. I really, really enjoy this. Philip is a special human, definitely somebody who is an immense mentor and leader in the men's development space, but also in just cultural development and how he goes about helping leaders and businesses develop continuity and cohesiveness. So, Enjoy the episode, guys, and I'll see you guys around the corner. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today, we have one of the OGs in the men's space and just probably one of the most epic men I've had the fortune of meeting recently, Philip Folsom. How you doing, brother? Mm, so good. Good. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You are... You are uh, an anthropologist by trade, which is exciting to talk to you on this show because I don't think we've had one yet. And um, you've been around the masculinity game for quite a while. Uh, and you saw you and I had yeah. a, the fortune, fortunate conversation of talking about some of the early yeah. men's movement stuff on yeah. your show, um, which I'm super excited to dive into some of that stuff today. But before we kick off, nobody escapes the manly round, brother. You, you ready to dive into a little bit of the manly round? 
Dude, what do we have to? What are we doing? Eating testicles or something? <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Well, we're not the, we're not a liver king, bro. <laughs> Dude, we, we can only we can only dream. Uh, we can only dream. <laughs> That guy's wild, but dude, I have I have been eating some uh, liver before working out, um, and I I found that if I freeze it, fucking like a solid Mm. block, and then cut little cubes, and then I eat a little cube of frozen liver with a little bit of protein bar, I can choke it down. (laughs) I love how you say I can choke it down, dude. I yeah, because I tried it raw, and I'm not man enough to do it. Bro, I watched that dude and I'm like, I, I like, I can, I'm sure you can too. You're a, you're a hunter. Like you can, you can like imagine yourself being like, I could, I could push through it, but that dude yeah. just freaking eats it like nothing. Yeah. Oh God. I, I get it. Like, oh. You know, Hey, it, I could, you know, like, okay, we're out hunting and you know, and you grab the warm heart and you take a bite. Like, dude, I could make that happen, but you pull out a cold, slippery, the fucking little <laughs> thing of liver like all right here we oh. go and i just I, it, I i just i could do it like once but i don't want to make a lifestyle out of it it has to be sustainable <laughs> which might be a good topic to get into at some point is sustainable lifestyle yeah. for for growth and mm. but I, just for all you dudes who are like considering the liver king journey or the liver journey I'm telling you, I had one of the best workouts of my life yesterday. And I go there with my wife. We go down to Gold's Gym. And I was putting fucking plates on the leg. I was like, my wife was looking at me like, is that a, you don't ever do that many plates. I'm like, I know. I I think it's the liver, honey. (laughs) Okay. What's this? What's this man round? What's going on? What's What's the man round? Uh, It's a, it's a fun. It's a fun few questions uh, to okay. get the community to know you a little bit in a different way than just your than just your intro. So uh, mm. pretty easy. You'll have it, it's just having some fun with some questions. I call it the manly round cool. to throw guys off, but it's just Dude, some I fun questions it. for you. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. All right, brother. Your first question. I think I know the answer to this, but your first question is: What is your spirit animal and why? Yeah. Uh, it it's the wolf, right? I have wolves all. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so we'll um yep. I, you know I actually got I actually got my first little wolf tattoo when I was 18 in the army. And I'd never seen oh, a wow. wolf in my life. I mean I, it, it wasn't one of those things that I was ever even going to see. Um and yeah. but I had an affinity to that animal and I think a lot of people do um and this we could spend a whole podcast episode on the relationship of the wolf to human. It's been our partner for 35,000 years, we are genetically mm. uh, linked to respond to that animal. Uh, and we have a whole mm. cascade of similarities that allowed us to partner with it. And it literally transformed the course of humanity. The moment that that wolf started to become our dogs, we went from scavenger to apex predator, and we fucking demolished the world from then on. And so the wolf is huge. It's a lot of people's totem animal. So I'm not claiming that one like, oh, I'm really cool. Um, but the, you know, the, the wolf is a cool thing. And, and I'm getting I'm getting a little work done. Oh, he's getting naked. Ah! Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy so, shit. That's dope. Yeah. So mo- more more to be revealed. 
later. Oh, I love that. We'll have to have you yeah. back on when it's uh, finished. Um, All right. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not that you're even claiming the totem. You, most people don't have the experience or knowledge you have of the wolf, like truly mm. not only yeah. that, but I mean, you have firsthand real experience with actual real wolves. Like it's not even just you talking about it, which yeah. very few on the regular can even say. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody follows Philip, you know, you know this about him, but yeah, on the regs, like those are his homeboys, but yeah. it's like very few people have that in-depth knowledge. So I loved you actually diving hey, into oh, a little piece of that. Shout thing. out to you know? Apex Protection Project. It's a big uh, wolf sanctuary, rescues, rehabilitates wolves and wolf dogs here in Southern California. 501 nonprofit. It, uh, and they have an epic um, social media TikTok and Instagram, you get to like, you can see them feeding the wolves and it's super cool. And they're a clean, legitimate honor based um, organization, apexprotectionproject.org. Shout out. Okay. Shout out to that. Right. We'll put that in the show notes too, so everybody can go check that out. All right. Your question, Philip, is what song, whenever you hear it, no matter where you are, there could be a million people standing shoulder to shoulder around you. Do you have to bust out singing along to out loud? You know what? Um, uh, any way you want it. Um, Journey. Um, Great song. The live version. Fucking epic. Uh, like, and listen, that's not one of those you can most big dudes can sing with, and I cannot, but... Hmm. yeah journey well, he has a, he has you know journey is if you don't know journey you know he's got a freddie mercury range so mm-hmm. yeah he he did and it was uh i challenge almost anybody to not sing along to some journey songs <laughs> yeah, like, dude. i don't know how you can't yeah that's a good one all yeah. right your last question is if you could even you can travel in, imagine you can travel in time so you mm. can pick somebody in the past or you can pick you can pick somebody present, but it's got to be somebody who's pretty well known to most people. If you could if you could find somebody, who would you prank? And if you know the prank, what would it be? Oh, my God. I thought we were going like, who would you learn from? <laughs> who would you who would you? Nope. Yeah, I was like, I was going to go. Like, oh, I'm, go- I'm going Jesus, like right off the bat you know, or. <laughs> I've had Buddha people want to prank Jesus. <laughs> prank. Damn, son. Uh, God, who's a, who's a, makes stuff, fun. who's a stuffy bitch that needs some lightening up? <laughs> but, but somebody who's not too scary. Like I'd let you thinking maybe Stalin, but that wouldn't go well. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, probably some British general Montgomery, General Montgomery. <laughs> you know, general he was a, Montgomery. He was kind of a he was a little bit of a chode and kind of stuffy <laughs> and arrogant, and uh, he slowed our ass down, bro. Get out of the way. <laughs> World War Two. I, right. I love it. I love it. Oh, the uh, prank. I love history. Bro. I don't know. Um, I love that. I, I don't know. Only dude. if you know it. Only if you know one. That's yeah, fine. Some people I'd aren't pranks. Re- replace I always, his teeth with co- coffee. Maybe. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> oh, pissed. you know what I would tell him? He wouldn't like that. I would ask him the, uh, the greatest gift that um, Britain gave to the world. 
And then I would tell him that it's fucking America. <laughs> that's oh, what I, would I do. second that one. That's a good. That's a really yes. good one. I like that yes. one. Yeah, I like that. Well, brother, it, it's really special to be on the show with you because there's a lot that we can dive into, and we've already kind of flirted with some of the subjects that would be awesome. But I want to start somewhere where we've never started before on this show, and that's anthropologically with masculinity. Mm. And I wanted to dive into kind of this aspect of how there's, you know, kind of the understanding and research of the sociological effects of masculinity aren't, aren't super deep and they haven't been really researched very long. Mm. What are you seeing from the time of kind of the early men's movements that is now translating maybe better with today's men, I would mm. say? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the, obviously the internet is either a curse, right? And it's going <laughs> to just send us down the toilet bowl into doom scrolling and porn, or um, it's going to elevate us to escape velocity. And we're going to achieve a different level of consciousness than we have ever even uh, imagined because we, the internet is the way that we access the collective consciousness of our species. Like any, like you don't need to go to the library and go Montgomery. What the fuck? Who is that? <laughs> like, you know, it's five seconds yeah. away. Mm, General Montgomery. <laughs> like, wow. And now you understand everything that, you know, you may learn something about British culture and military history and world war two. Like you're elevated at that point. So the internet is, yeah. is bringing a level of understanding to the masculine conversation that has never happened before. And, you know, when I'm growing up and I grew up in the you know seventies and eighties, um, meditation was one of those things that you went to India, like you took a slow boat to India. If you wanted to learn this weird thing called meditation, and then you had to find a guru because they're the only ones that can give you your secret mantra, you know? Oh. The, the Beatles were rich enough to bring their guru to the States in the sixties. Yeah. Right. That, so, you know, and, all, and meditation uh, is one of the seminal uh, tools that was given to, to men, to the warrior class, like in the, the book, the Bhagavad Gita, um, Krish, the God Krishna comes down to the warlord uh, Arjuna and says, I have a mission for you. You have to go rid the world of these savage warriors that are fucking shit up. And Krishna or uh, Arjuna says, I can't do it. Those are my brothers. And Krishna says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to weaponize you with a tool, a skill that will allow you to defeat all your enemies and absolve you of all guilt. And he teaches Arjuna how to meditate. So meditation is central to the warrior class and by warrior, I'm including uh, archetypal masculinity, masculinity. Like there is a warrior component mm -hmm. to the core of all of us because we're, we are defined by what we do. Whereas women mm -hmm. and children are defined by what they are. And, and it's a mm -hmm. profound difference. And that would be, that would be a statement that many uh, current people would find very offensive. 
like, oh, mm-hmm. you don't get to say that. But again, psychologically, sociologically, anthropologically, it's irrefutable. Women and children mm-hmm. have always had inherent value for what they are. There's a potential in them to create, right? Either they're going to create adults mm-hmm. or they're going to create other humans. That's what they do. Yeah. Men don't do that. Uh, we um, have to do. We're defined by mm-hmm. what we what we do. So um, weak men, men who are unable to to quote uh, Mickler, order of man, uh, to protect, to preside, to provide. That's doing. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that's a warrior. That's a, that inc- requires the ability to, you know, conquer is too strong of a word, but to certainly be able to defend, to, to uh, enforce your will upon the world and to, in order to get a result. That's warrior yeah. behavior. So um, anyway, I went on a little tangent. Meditation. No, I love it. That's cent- central to masculinity forever and uh you didn't learn that uh 30 years ago it wasn't available mm. now you know every transitioning veteran that i know has at least some sort of awareness or active practice of masculinity uh, uh, meditation and um and i can give you know a dozen other examples of absolutely transformational things that the internet has provided for this conversation. So uh, we're in a, we are in the golden age of masculinity. Mm. It, and it's, uh, we are in the age of uh, the creation of more great men than has ever been seen on planet earth. And they're popping up mm. everywhere. Like obviously people talk wow. about, oh. Ooh, Joe Rogan. Ooh, The Rock. Ooh, um, Jocko. Ooh, Peterson. Like, wow. Oh, wow. Well, there's a bunch of us who are just rising in their wake. And obviously, there's a bunch of men who are cratering right now. Absolutely cratering in addiction, anxiety, depression. Uh, you, know, you name it. Like, they're done. And, you know, they're either going to get on the they're going to get on the rocket or they're going to be done. And that's always been the case. You know, there's always a very small number of men who have able to shake free from the, um, the ballast of ease and sloth and comfort, because that's the, that is the, the, the grounds that create great men throughout history. Athens, that was a very slothful, um, comfort-based uh, culture that created Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, you know, all the Stoics, like that came from an environment where you didn't have to farm and hunt mm. and do brutal backbreaking work. You got a chance to go, let's talk about philosophy and then see how much we can integrate. Boom. You have Aristotle. Yeah. Same thing in the enlightenment yeah. in, in Europe. Like there was this magical moment where, Ooh, we're out of the medieval dark ages and the plagues and I don't have to go to war and worry about the church fucking, you know, wrecking me and burning me. So all of a sudden you see these great men coming from the enlightenment. Same thing with uh, the founding fathers of America. And 
we have that same environment now. Um, we have yeah. endless, endless clean water coming out of holes in the wall. Nobody's worried about, um, nobody's coming to attack America. Uh, like we're safe, right. we're slothful. We have endless amounts of, of time and information. How much can we mm. integrate? So anyway, so, that's my long story about how exciting masculinity is now and how cool this conversation is um, to participate in this um, wave or this movement. But it's like you said something incredibly interesting is that like we're in this kind of slothful environment, which has kind of been a detriment when we look historically to society as far as pr uh, producing strong cultures and strong men. But on the flip side of that, we have more access to information, which helps us to become more enlightened about who we are, where we come from, and how we can be better men. And so my question to you is, are you looking at those two contradicting points and, and get, trying to, and being like, man, I'm fearful about masculinity moving forward? Or are you like, there is, like, what are you thinking of that? I don't even know. Like, I'm like trying to picture that. <clears throat> Um, I guess personally, the more I go public with my belief systems or my, you know, my, my core understanding of masculinity, um, yeah. you know, the more obviously I'm swimming upstream against a, the collective mass of, uh, virtue less, um, honor less men. Mm -hmm. And, and because that's what um, sloth and comfort does to every, every organism, every organism is going to take the easy route that that's, that is mm -hmm. built into the system of um, efficiency. Nobody wants to do hard shit. Mm -hmm. Of course not. You know, I mean, why would you ever choose to do hard shit? Well, you do that right. because um, that's consciousness. I mean, that is, that is called becoming an adult is that you recognize that mm. it may not be hard now, but it's going to be hard at some point. So you take certain steps to be able to prepare, weaponize yourself. If you eat all the elk right now, there's no elk tomorrow because you might not get an elk tomorrow. Mm. Men know that. So you go, I'm not going to eat all the elk. And, and by the way, we should probably put out the thorn walls because there's tigers, right? Like that's what men do mm. is that we know that, that there's something in the future. Um, other animals don't, right? They, they, you know, the, if you, I, I spent time in Africa, you know, um, and when the lions are not hungry, the zebras graze right next to them, right fucking yeah. next to them. And then the, the young lions, well, they'll go over and kind of play with the zebras or the foxes. You know, it's like a little play game. And then all of a sudden, like around dusk, you hear, and all of a sudden, like <laughs> your hair goes up and the, you know, the, the guides are like, okay, we get back in the truck now. And, and the zebras go move <laughs> off. They're like, all right, things are shit's hunting right now. You know it. Yeah. And so what's the difference? Like if the, if the zebras could see the future, if they could see tonight, mm. they would handle that shit, right? You'd get a hundred yeah. zebra boys together 
and they would just go stomp the shit out of those fucking lions. All right, no more lions. There we go. But they don't have the ability to do that because they don't have that. Um, we don't have consciousness. Like that's meditation. Mm-hmm. Is it elevates you into this awareness of I am not just the product of my senses and this monkey brain. And it's it allows us to um, unlock decision making. And that's, that's the, mm. you could call it, and hey, in biblically, that's called free will. It's divine. Mm. It's unique. And it takes a lot to claim that free will. If, if you're just stuck on this, like if you're, if you're taking a shit with this in your hand, I challenge anybody watching, and you're like having a 45 minute shit, like, come on. Yeah. Um, you just sacrifice your free will. And yeah which means you're an animal. You are now a base original sin animal. And that's the majority of men as I move through the world. Um, And the more I am public about some of those things, uh, obviously the more blowback there is, right? From um, the collective consciousness of of our society. And I always remember, um, you know, kind of one of the axioms of when you're playing video games, and you get lost, you get turned around in some level. Um, you know you're going the right way when you find new enemies. Oh, oh, there they are. There's the enemies. Oh. Finally, I'm in a, I'm in a new level. So um, that's life. Uh, and the fact that there are certain, like when Peterson got his haters, he found his way. Mm-hmm. And that is true. Same thing with Rogan. Same thing with with um, the founding fathers of America. Like, you know what, you know the fucking balls that it took to sign your name to that declaration? There's a death, death sentence. sentence. Yeah. Death like, sentence, yeah. All right, there you go. Like, I just called down yeah. the wrath of the, the, the boss, you know, mm-hmm. the level boss, the ultimate villain. And you're just like, yes, it's time. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not playing at that level, but at least I'm uh, acknowledging that there there are enemies. It's a big that's too strong of a word. They're they're out of a people who are out of alignment of the way that I see the world. Yeah, and but you got a lot of strong men that stand shoulder to shoulder with you that are uh, that are yeah you know following uh, you and you're paving the path with. I them couldn't do it. You're helping. Yeah, I couldn't them. do it. Yeah. Like if I didn't see Jordan Peterson out there getting the shit kicked mm. out of him in the arena. Like if he, if he, if that man didn't exist, there are a lot of us yeah. that would not be owning um, just this common sense applied stoicism that is like, duh. And, yeah. and there's, and there's a, you know, I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those, of those men who are on that journey, which, which is empowering. And they're, and they're the ones that are making a difference. And they're the ones that, um, are doing the work and uh, you know mm. so yeah, yeah that that's, no, that's it's powerful and and that's and no that is where that is where we are and i think it's powerful that men like you are standing up because you are you're invigorating another group of men and you're getting you're like you're you're one that leads to hundreds and then those hundreds lead to thousands and those thousands lead to millions and like it's that you know culminating effect but 
one of the other questions I wanted to get to, uh, to ask you, cause it's very intriguing to me is that when you came up during the time of kind of like that first men's movement, like the eighties, really, because mm-hmm. Robert Bly was probably one of the original guys, right? Like that was mm-hmm. coming up for like the men's movement. He was a poet, my favorite, actually. I love most people yeah. don't even talk about Robert Bly in the men's space. And I actually love that yeah. you mentioned him earlier, but yeah. when you were coming up, why didn't this, why didn't this take, why didn't yeah. this, this strong men's movement of balance, right? Like the balanced warrior, why didn't that take? It, because number one, it wasn't balanced and it wasn't warrior. Mm. It was um, mm. men escaping their duties. It was oh, the wow. burning man of my generation. Like, I don't like um, having to get up every morning and have to go to work. And I don't want to do these hard things of fixing my addictions and my marriage and, and leveling up my kids when it's not fun. So, Mm. you know, and it was the product of the sixties, like in the sixties, we rejected the savagery and Bly uses that word. um, An adolescent wild man is a savage. And mm-hmm. we have we have our um, you know what version of masculinity for a long time because we're uninitiated is that we are, we are to claim any sort of masculinity you become a savage a bully um, you know uh, this thuggish weaponized you know just ape and so <laughs> in, in the sixties was like we're rejecting masculinity as a whole. It's like saying, well, I didn't like that cop who did that horrible thing. So defund the police. Tear down the institutions because there's some bad eggs in there. Like wreck it all. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't. Don't wreck it all. Like those institutions are holding up this amazing thing that you have drinking water. That's why we're here. And that, you know, nobody's stealing shit from your house all the time because they're bigger than you are. Like this is a magical time and you, you take it for granted. So Mm -hmm. do, and we did that in the sixties with masculinity of that's bad in general, in the same way we we rejected, I don't know, marriage, um, faith, all these pillars of society, absolute pillars of society. And, and the, the, the sixties just yanked them all out. And of course it cratered. I mean, like, duh, mm-hmm. um, they, because you need to replace those pillars with something else. And that's part of um, how society should work of going, hey, that pillar is broken. There's some racism in that in in police. Let's fix it and then, you know, upgrade the pillar. Same thing with money and politics. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, um, you know, the medical industry, like everything else. Like, don't just remove it, uh, fix it, upgrade it, elevate it, transform it. And um, so the 60s was the the beginning of the hyper feminization of men. And so Mm -hmm. that that led to, you know, the back, the pendulum backlash in the, the bonkers 80s, where it was like, just, you know, now, you know, that because the those uh, people from the 60s are now adults in the 80s and they're having families and yeah. they're like that sucked. That didn't work at all. 
So obviously the only thing in life is make as much as you can. Like that's the game. Wolf of Wall Street. That's the 80s. So there were a bunch of guys who are like, oh, yeah. I'm not winning at this game of make as much as you can. I'm losing. So I'm going to go find um, some sort of a, uh, a cosplay, you know, escape from this competition that I'm failing at. And so they went off and put on, um, you know, Native American headdresses and they went off in the woods and they, they got naked and, you know, we drummed and, um, and it, and that's, uh, I, what it should have been was a legitimate vision quest to go find, um, the totem animal of our generation. Right. Or it should have been the quest of the knights to bring back the elixir in the Holy grail that mm. it, the, the, the quest was not the point. The quest is kind of the fun part of the story because there's adventures and the point of the quest is to bring the elixir back to the kingdom and heal the king so that the kingdom is revitalized. And Joseph mm -hmm. Campbell says about the hero's journey that we are not on this quest to save the world, but to save ourselves. But in doing so, we end up saving the world because the return of vital men vitalize. And and so, yes, the, 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 the quest is um, revitalizing, but it's only valuable until you, if you bring it back. And my point is we didn't yeah. bring it back. We didn't bring it back. Yeah. And um, wow. because the mechanics didn't get it. Mechanics didn't get, get to go take a week off and go drum in the woods. And the cops didn't either. They weren't even invited. And the poor veterans didn't even know there was a men's movement. So the vitality never got back to traditional masculinity. And the same thing happened in this current men's movement. Um, and I was like, oh, fuck no. That's, that, it's not going to go down like that. And so, mm -hmm. and that wasn't just me. You can also look at, you know, Ryan Mickler, Order of Man. You can look at a, a bunch of other guys that are like, no, no, this is, not their escapist cosplay men's movement. This is the reclamation of a healthy masculinity. And this is all men are invited, all men. So, you, you know, yeah. bring the cops, bring the veterans, bring the mechanics, bring the school teachers. Like this, this is a movement. It's not an escape, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is not a retreat. Yeah. This is an advance. And the, yeah. um, and so, and I, hey, the internet's a big part of that, you know, because um, that's an important thing. Um, and I've got a lot of friends, you know, hey, Joshua Winter, I love you, man. But Burning Man <laughs> is that. Burning Man is a fucking escape. And, yeah. you know, and we disagree. We'll, we fight about that in a, in a healthy manner. But I, part of me is going like, all that energy, all that creativity, all that money and time and genius. Like, what if that went back in your communities and your families and your, like, yeah yeah so anyway yeah. the um and there listen there are hyper masculine retreats you know and hey we just did one called the tactical retreat in um and we had a lot of weapons work and tactical stuff um, but there was a lot of heart-based things as well like 
we all cried. Yeah. We all wrote letters of forgiveness to ourselves and our dads and all that stuff. So, um, but there are, you know, men who are pretending to be Navy SEALs and they're escaping on the right. Yeah. And there are also a bunch of burning man, you know, proto shamans escaping on the left. So we're still doing it. It's still there. But what's really cool is both of those extremes, you know, and I've, listen, I can own, you know, I'm a theatrical bombastic dude too. So I'll own, I've been on the extremes as well. Um, but the cool part about it is the internet has created the dynamic with men's work that is the same thing that the UFC did to martial arts. And mm. um, what the UFC did was it, it, it silenced that, you know, 10,000 year old conversation or debate about what's best. Yeah. It's now answered. It's, and it's irrefutable and it's constantly changing and evolving, but there is only one uh, combat form and it's called MMA. Mm. And it's different every year because it's endlessly evolving. But if you're signing up for a Shotokan class, you're not doing, you're not, you're not signing up for a combat class, a self-defense class. You're signing up for a martial art. So, yeah. um, that it is a, a it's what called punctuated equilibrium in um, evolutionary biology is like there is a moments in history where things just explode into variation and then it's decided. You know, all the other branches die off because they were not effective, and the one new one that was adaptable to the new environment is the one that is the new species, and and so the UFC did that. It, it closed the doors of 10,000 dojos around the world. Gung, 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 gung. Mm -hmm. There is no Taekwondo. There is no Shotokan. There yeah. is no Kempo. There, those are archaic forms. There's only mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu, MMA. So the men's work <laughs> conversation is you can do all sorts of kooky shit. Like you can carry logs down the river and you can do eye gazing and you can, you can, try all sorts of crazy stuff but does it work is it effective um our work is is evidence of our efficacy and i'll say that again for you guys watching um the outcomes or the product of your work is evidence of your efficacy which means mm. are you making more money is your is your practice or philosophy getting you more sex is it are you happier is your career more fulfilling those are the measures of um are our practices working and and what's so cool about the men's work space is everybody's watching each other and they're seeing what's working and so yeah. the things that are collapsing into this one men's work movement and we're all starting to look real similar which is cool is <laughs> breath work, meditation, sobriety, ice baths, fighting, late weightlifting. Yeah. Like, oh, all of a sudden, all these different fringe belief systems are like, <laughs> like, are you on the, yeah. the way? Are you living the way? And we're not there yet, mm. but it, I mean, it's super exciting. Like we're seeing a bunch of enlightened um, savages 
coming back into the yeah. bad word because I just talked about how bad set wild men. We're seeing a bunch of enlightened, powerful, wild men re-entering the the human space. And what a you know, there are Jedi's being born right now. Yeah. Jedi's mm-hmm. who are gonna be, you know, the best fighters that the world has ever seen, making more money, being more enlightened, be, I mean, changing the world. And then yeah. how exciting is that? How cool is that? It's incredibly, it's so exciting. Yeah. What's really funny is, uh, my, so I, I run my retreats and I call it the wild man experience. And the reason yeah. why was because of Robert Bly's book, Iron John. That's what yeah. I call it. Cause it's getting back in touch with that wild man that we all have inside of us. Mm-hmm. But to your point that we are, we're seeing a collection of men who are raising the vibration of masculinity because they're warriors, they're poets, they're lovers, they're balanced human beings. And they're bringing that back, not only to the other men, like you said, they're bringing they're, we're finally, I feel like bringing the elixir back. I feel like we've, we, the tough men, the alphas have started to go on this journey. And then they said, whoa, there is a balanced approach here that we've seen throughout history, but nobody's paid attention to. You look at the Spartans, Agogi, you know, you look at the samurai. These were balanced warriors that we long forgot how they actually lived. And we mm-hmm. failed to bring that back to society, but you're seeing it now, which like you said, this is exciting times for masculinity, yeah. for the men's movement. This is the, the next, I'm excited to see the next generation of boys that are cr- coming up from these yeah. men right now. Right. Yeah. We, um, and so, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so what is the, what is the, what's one of the, mm, biggest things right now that's exciting you that men have started to bring into the space aside from like meditation, but that men are now bringing the space. What is it that you're like, finally, like this is being honored. Um, The big one for men. And this is probably the, the primary lever of uh, reclaiming masculinity of all sorts, not just masculinity. Um, consciousness claiming free will whatever whatever you want to like it's not one this is not just a simple decision of well i'm going to be different i'm going to you know change my story you don't get to change your just change your story arbitrarily that's called spiritual bypass Uh, we change our story by repetitive new actions that drive different results that over time nibble away at this, you know, fortress of our old belief systems. And it takes a long time to do this, you know. Um, and that process is the process of initiation. It's how you go from an adolescent with that old paradigm defining operating system to a mature psychological state, which is an adult, either man or woman. Mm-hmm. Um, women tend to self-initiate and and there are a lot of different studies about this of you know menstruation and the way that women process through into adulthood easier and quicker men are eight years behind developmentally on an emotional level than than women we're so we're we're dumb you know and i'll fully own that like my and part of it is my my child yeah my childhood 
my, um, I, I have been retarded. I am retarded in a lot of ways. And <laughs> we're not allowed to say that word anymore. My, my development has been retarded. I like to sneak it in. I just you said retard on, on your podcast. I just said retard. I love it. And you know, and so, so they say retard your engine on signs in Pennsylvania. So people, people that get all flipped yes. out about that. It's a freaking, you can't say that. It's, it's a like, scientific term. Yeah. It's literally on signs in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I, I really, oh, am, I'm, I'm a little bitter that we lost retard, but I have been retarded. <laughs> and, and, um, and the reason why I, I am oh. retarded is that I, I'm, um, have been uninitiated. I'm an uninitiated man who I still have this flywheel of adolescent behavior that um, drives certain belief systems that I get to, um, you know, play video games, or I get to watch porn, or I get to um, do certain things because um, I want that immediate gratification. I want external validation. I want all these adolescent things that children want, boys. Now, mm. that story, you know, doesn't get me what I want and it doesn't get society what it needs. Um, you know, I need to operate at in my full masculine power, which means um, I don't necessarily need the external validation of people thinking I'm cool because I need the, that heightened currency of kingdom. What I'm doing for the world is more important than uh, the external validation of that. Like, there are a lot of people who don't like my message and they don't like the way I move through the world. And I have to be okay with that. Like I have to, I, if I cave and, you know, to kind of, I guess the, some of the, real dark woke ideology of defund the police like uh no no i have i have people in and i live of course in venice beach california um and i have a the you know defend the blue line on my truck mm -hmm. i have people flipping me off on the street uh well-groomed uh. white people in teslas have screamed fuck the police at me out their window of their Tesla. And I'm like, well, what? Like, so anyway, if I, you know, if I removed that from my, my expression, so I, I would avoid their shame or their condemnation. Mm -hmm. And that's adolescent. And I refuse as a free man. I refuse to compromise what I know is what I believe is right. And I'm willing to do that um, because I think that there's something important um, in the future. And that's, mm -hmm. so that's a, an act of claiming my maturity um, in the same way that getting up early or turning the shower to cold or all those things are initiation rituals. I'm reclaiming yeah. the discipline of um, surrendering that adolescent story in order to claim this new story. The adolescent story never goes away. It's still there it's, and it will be there forever. Um, so there's a constant recommitment to that. Um, 
in Iron John, this is the moment where uh, the the prince goes to the garden, right? Mm -hmm. um, the he leaves yeah. the the kitchen and the ash work of his adolescent story, which is his wound, right? He's healing his wound, which is the first day at the sacred spring where he's bleeding into the water. So that is healed in the ashes phase, which is the abyss. And then you go to the garden, and this is when you start claiming your uh, new story. And the garden is a really important metaphor because it's a walled garden. And yep. the walled garden is built by and maintained by our discipline. This is how we keep all those distractions and um, judgments uh, outside so we can do the work we need to do in the garden, right? Mm -hmm. We need to keep doing that work, yeah. uh, which is healing and vitality and love and... And then, of course, you know, there is the next phase in Iron John where you have to go claim your kingdom. And so there is a sequential journey for men. And a lot of men want to spiritually bypass all that work. They don't want to do ashes. They don't want to do gardening work. They want to go right to, I want my war horse and I want to claim this kingdom and be a life coach. I'm like, oh, okay, good luck, shaman. Like, you know. <laughs> it, it's you're you're just went right back to the beginning you're right back at the sacred spring failing so you got to yeah. do the ashes work you got to do the garden work and then you know and for, if you haven't read iron john you're probably like this dude is crazy but read john, iron john book. gentlemen read the book mm -hmm. um yeah and, and really what um just to put a little closure for because i think a lot of men watching the show have read iron john is uh, the prince, when he decides to go to war, he is re-entering the arena, right? He's no longer just doing the internal work. He's right now doing the external. He's engaging with the big questions. And, and Peterson did this and Rogan did this. And like, this is, at some point you have to go and say, I'm willing to sacrifice self for service. And that's a big deal. Now you can't do that without the wild man and you and in that book you know the the non-allies the other men who are threatened by the prince and his golden hair well they leave him that shitty yeah. three-legged horse which means yeah. you know it's a metaphor for um we all have one of our masculine archetypes that's that's funky right and it's either your career or your fitness or your relationships or your spiritual practice there's something that has been your Achilles heel, your character flaw, your entire life. So you go to the woods and you go to the wild man and say, hey, Iron John, um, this three-legged horse is not getting me to war. I need a war horse. And, and, uh, and of course, he provides. But yeah. it, it, it's not free. Like the prince had to gain worthiness of the wild man. You don't just call in the wild man without doing the work first, you know, because the don't don't forget the wild man is the dude that kicked the kid out of the out of the out of the forest because he couldn't handle yeah. his shit. He's not ready. Yeah. He's bleeding all over the place with leaves falling into the fucking <laughs> pond. He's like all self-obsessed. Like, get the fuck out, do your work. So yeah. If the prince had not done his work and gone to the woods and said, I want my war horse, 
uh, Iron John would have said, well, you still bleeding into the pond? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like basically saying, are you sober? Are you still jerking off? Um, Are you like, have you handled your shit? And if you have not Mm -hmm. handled your shit, no war horse. So there's Mm -hmm. a, you you better be ready when you go to the woods and say, I'm ready for the war horse. Because if you're, if you haven't done your work, then, you know, right back to ashes for you. I fucking love that entire monologue right now. That may be my favorite part of the show. That was so good because you're, you're breaking down this very impactful book as a piece to masculinity that you're seeing in today's society that more men are taking on, but many men are still shying away from, which is that initiation, which is dealing with your shit. And so you, you being probably one of the, in my opinion, one of the foremost experts and leaders in initiations out there, what are, what can, where can guys even go to find a proper initiation to find themselves? Okay. Um, initiation is not an act like you're, and there are men's groups that say, we're going to initiate you. Um, yeah. Initiation is ongoing. Okay. Now it is a ritual in masculine um, cultures. Well, every culture has a masculine aspect where you the boy was taken out and had a tooth knocked out and you became a man or tattoos or whatever um so but the process started way before the tattoo right the the process was started with um let's look at the stars and i'm going to tell you the story of achilles the seeds were Mm -hmm. planted and then the work continued afterwards of, well, this is what it means to be, ah, no, 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 no. You keep, you now you do this. Yeah, you don't get to go back and do that. You do this. And that process is reinforced on an ongoing basis with your allies. It do, and initiation does not exist um, by yourself, obviously, because you cannot kill the old story by, of you. You cannot self-kill yeah. or self-initiate you. And uh, Viktor Frankl said that the line between good and evil runs through the heart of every man, and who would willingly kill half their own heart? Well, that's that's initiation. Mm. Uh, and it takes right, you, those three good men to bucket out the lake. More Iron John, if you don't know, if you don't, yeah. if, to the uninitiated, um, so you need those three. I love it. So you need your three good men to bucket out the lake. This is the initiation process. Blah blah blah. Um, um. So get yourself a group of aligned men. Now, uh, there are men's groups of every flavor and sort. Um, if you are more, you know, kind of a younger and um, more expressive and more and more on the liberal scale. Sacred Sons is awesome. And those boys are killing it out there. They're And they're fucking punching each other in the face in the desert. And they're wearing costumes and they're drumming and like, go boys, do it. You know, they're awesome. Yeah. If you're on the, you know, more on the right side, there's a whole slew of hardcore Christian warrior weaponized, you know, virtue dudes. So, and then a bunch of guys in the middle, right? Um, for the older dudes... Um, every man, great men's group, lots of good theory, uh, well, kind of grounded in a lot of uh, mytho poetic stuff, 
Um, anyway, uh, and then of course my my favorite men's group. I was gonna say, I was like, what about uh, K four? What about uh, we're Wolf pretty? Travel, we're right man. in the middle. We're in the middle there. We're like in the we're we're pretty much in the middle of like, hey, plant medicine's cool, but we also go shoot stuff. Like, okay, we're we're somewhere in the middle. There. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, think I wanted I to get to right in line with you guys. Initiation. Um, and we live in an in an artificially comfortable world. We live in a world where, um. Obviously, our lifestyles are unhealthy. Our food is uh, non-nutritious. Our careers are unfulfilling, like blah, blah, blah. So these artificial times require artificial means. We have to Mm -hmm. supplement our nutrition. We have to find purpose and meaning outside of many of our careers. Uh, We There are many artificial things that we have to do. And the initiation process involves being uncomfortable that's the game and it didn't you didn't used to have to go try to be uncomfortable life was fucking uncomfortable like go go hunt a bison with a spear bro and you will know the meaning of discomfort wearing a loincloth in the cold of north dakota yeah like there you go like that's a man (laughs) i don't want to do that in fact i would die i mean i would just die I would die. So we do have to find things where we're experiencing some discomfort, which is obviously why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a lot of physiological evidence for ice baths. It's, I think it's just fucking hard. I think it sucks ass. Yeah. I just think that it means if you can turn the water to cold, you just initiated yourself into a different level, right? You just recommitted to owning your, free will as a human and and um there's a reason why jujitsu is so popular there's a reason because you're dealing with life and death right and there isn't anything more profound than that and um if you've never been to a jujitsu class prepare to be killed uh 10 times a night you're gonna have some fucking dude kill you and then you get to tap and you're reborn, like, wow, you would have just killed me, huh? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I didn't. And you're like, oh, it's amazing. Um, let me try, let's do that again. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, jujitsu is a great way to not only experience the, the, the legitimacy and authenticity and wild man relationship with conflict at its highest level. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why jujitsu communities are usually so robust is that you don't get to play like that unless you're an honorable man. I'm not letting some fucking mm. dude choke me unless he's an honorable man. Like, and if you yeah. come into a jujitsu school as a adolescent savage, you're gonna see uh, the professor in the back of the room talk to the gym enforcer and go like this. And that's the, that's just the uh, um, fucking uh, crush this guy and get him out. And, and, yeah. you know, you're going, and you will be domesticated very quickly if you're that guy. Yeah. So very true. Yeah. I had anyway, a f- initiation. Yeah. I had a f- Take cold showers, go to jujitsu, you know, find a men's group. <laughs> uh- I love that. I I had a friend actually go to uh, Sheepdog with uh, Tim Kennedy, 
and cool. he um he was basically uh they were doing their mat work and they were doing jujitsu and he got nailed in the nose by one of the guys and so he ended up he was a former like collegiate wrestler and tim had like two rules like no throwing and it was something else and he ended up doing both those violating tim's rules so mm -hmm. like you said tim pulls him off to the side and for five minutes just basically kicks the crap out of him in jujitsu like hand over mouth and like closing his nose and just He's grinding like, freaking grinding kicking the, on the yeah, face kicking the crap out of him yeah Cho him choking your jaw five minutes. Just rear naked choke on the jaw like, yeah ah! yep <laughs> but that's what it is man but i love that no brother this has been such an amazing podcast i knew this episode was just going to be a jam like it just flew flew by and you have such wisdom brother i truly am grateful for you i'm grateful for how you show up in this world how you're conditioning men um for everybody out there listening how can they follow you what do you got going on right now how can they get in your ecosystem and we'll link everything okay. in the show notes yeah, a couple things. The um, I got I have really three I don't know brands or expressions in the world. Um, this is a resiliency program for um, you know a lot of it is warrior based. Go it's it's cops and uh, veterans and fire, but there's a lot of you know hey trauma nurses. I mean they've seen more death than anyone else. Uh, teachers in inner city mm -hmm. schools, like. You know, single parents, these are these are tough times, you know, and Jordan Peterson says, if you have to fight a dragon, you should go to its lair or it comes to your village. Well, that the trauma dragon that has been kind of in the warrior space, like, oh, yeah, those poor warriors, they're committing a lot of suicide, but thank you for your service. Um, well, that it's in the it's in the civilian world now. So um, Valor is a uh, resiliency program and we're launching i think next month so there's going to be uh okay. digital curriculum going to be a bunch of workbooks and things so valorresiliency.com there's um my culture and leadership work which is wolf tribe and that's mywolftribe.com and i work with uh, organizations all around the world um doing leveling up their operating systems and i'm sneaking kinship in the back door that's kind of the work <laughs> of uh of that don't tell anybody because i'm just making them actually a lot of money but what i'm really doing is i'm recreating kinship systems and then of course k4men.com uh this is my yeah. just uh fucking labor of love and favorite thing happening right now with everything we're talking about uh we are we're just wrapping up uh cohort eight of a three-month rite of passage and this is kind of the introductory, it's an initiation process where mm -hmm. um, men yeah. men go through uh, three months, you know, once a week, it's all online, you have accountability groups, and the next rite of passage starts September 15th, and uh, it's capped at 120 guys, so jump in if you uh, are called to adventure, and uh, yeah, and that's all the good stuff. So, Oh, Philip Folsom I I... on Instagram. Yeah. I'm not on there a lot, but sometimes. Yeah. And then you got uh, your website as well. It's got all this stuff and we'll link that. And I couldn't think of two better men to, to subscribe to and follow and join in their community than K4 with you and Joshua Winter, just amazing human beings. So 
truly, truly grateful for you, brother. Your last question before I let you hop off and get to that really warm uh, Venice weather right now. Your last question is, what does the art of masculinity mean to you? Mm. Uh, the art of masculinity is um, constantly recommitting to growth because without um, strength, you cannot serve. And service guides growth, but growth powers service. And I think that encapsulates masculinity is uh, we have to be strong. We have to be able to protect, provide, preside. We have to be able to impact and elevate and protect the world. But we also have to make sure that we're we're guiding and we're navigating that process so that we don't become savage, right? And we keep, stay wild, keep wild, man. Mm. I love that. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until next time. Mm-hmm.